I think something else where really an opportunity we are somewhat missing out on with not hitting record earlier in our conversations is we could literally... I mean, I don't know, because that's actually a lot of editing. Never mind. I was like, we could just edit out anything that we thought, like, maybe if we started off weak, and then we ended up strong, saying the good, relatable, funny stuff, then maybe everyone would really appreciate that. But then I'm like, okay, Emily is starting a business, and has a baby, and is living a very busy life, and edits the podcast, so maybe we don't say, Emily, here's a good two hours of material. Edit out whatever you don't like. What? No. (laughs) Here's a little fun thing. It's like, but I understand where you're coming from. Because it's a good idea. We should have just been recording for the past hour that we were talking. And then I could have edited down the funniest things we said instead of just having whatever's going to come out now. I don't. Like, it's too much pressure. We're we're too silly for this. I feel like we're good, fun, silly before we hit record, and then we hit record and we take ourselves a little too seriously, and I guess I personally, I should speak for myself. I really just want to impress our audience, and so I try to talk about stuff that makes me sound smart. Yep, same. What we're trying to tell you, listeners, is that all we really want is for you, you specifically, sitting wherever you're sitting or maybe doing the dishes. We just want you to think we're so cool. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Also, we want NFTs. Please send them to us. We've changed our stance again. No, I'm just kidding. Don't send us NFTs. Yeah, we're we're dumb. We're dumb dummies. And we just want friends. Online friends. Um, I think, okay, can I tell you my goals for the next little while? Because I've been disappointed with my behavior for the past year. There have been some listeners who have become friends, who I think they know who they are, and listeners who I think were emailing us with the hopes of becoming friends, and I've let them all down, equally across the board. I mean, if you've let them down, I've also let them down. Together, we have let everyone down constantly. Together, we've let everyone down constantly. For and a I'm year. mad at myself. Yeah. Train. Uh, train? We're trying to have a real talk right now. Ex- excuse train. me, train? <laughs> excuse me? Unless you train have band? something beneficial. <laughs> train the band. Unless you have something, something to beneficial say. to add to this conversation, um, we're going to need you to sit right down, soul sister. <laughs> Oh, she brought it back. Yes. Um. So, my goal. My goal for the next, I don't know, six months? How long is it to the end of the year? December's six months away, right? Maybe 14. Um. So, I've got plenty of time for this. <laughs> I want to dedicate more time to emailing our listeners back. Because I don't think it's fair to consider them some of the most important people in my work life. I won't say in my whole life. Let's not inflate it too much. But they're very, very important to me. Everyone who listens to our show is very, very important to me. And I'm sure to Raquel. One hondo. And to... <laughs> Keep it one hondo. Um, and to not email them back feels like a crime. It feels like I should be in prison. It feels mm-hmm. like I should be boiled alive, put in a pit with lions. I we don't need know. to 
also offer ourselves a little bit of grace because it is giving me so much anxiety to all of a sudden, because I think about that for myself constantly. Mm. And if we're together in this, I then we're together in this. And I also want to do that. I will, I might have to go throw up right now. I'm starting to feel so guilty. Oh, so I just, I'm sorry. That was not my intention. I think it's just a moment of self-reflection for me where I really want something for myself. And I, have done nothing about that. And I think that's silly. I really want to email our listeners back, right? Yes. But I'm not doing anything remotely even close to that. And so to set myself a goal of being like, send one email a week, that's it. It feels like the bare minimum, feels like embarrassingly low a bar. And that's that's where I'm at in my life, is to be like, set the bar on the ground, buddy, and maybe you can meet it. And if you don't, it's okay. We've got grace. We've got forgiveness for ourselves and for each other. But let's start with the bare minimum and try and work towards the people we want to be. Because, yeah, I feel guilty. And I feel like the guilt just keeps compiling. And that's dumb. I don't want to live a life where I'm just feeling guilty all the time. I want to email our listeners back. Yeah, and I think that's where um, the forgiveness comes in, in the sense that uh, I I assume this is very human trait. Maybe it's just me that does this. But if I start to worry and feel guilty about something, I start to hide from it more and more, and mm-hmm. it becomes like a really big beast, right? Yeah. It becomes, it feels like this unclimbable mountain that uh why would i start because i'll never finish i'll never be able to accomplish this instead of it being a very accomplishable task but if i make it into this big guilt monster then it's never going to happen and that's probably why it has not been happening for the last year is because i've let it become a silent in my mind guilt monster that right now we're talking about um And so I think, yeah, that's where, like, the grace and forgiveness comes in, where instead of saying, I feel very, very guilty about this, we stop and say, we don't have to torture ourselves over our mistakes forever, because we're not bad people, we're just people who sometimes do not good things, like not email people back, and uh, we can just start one day at a time and just... You know, emailing people back one week at a time, at emailing people back, at getting better at communication, about being, about getting better at not feeling overwhelmed by something that we know we would enjoy if we didn't make it into something it's not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it because our full inbox of people who say they love us and who we love back and who we've never spoken to feels like a mountain at this point. It feels like it would take hours and hours to email them all back, and that feels impossible with where we're at in our lives. And I guess I'm more of a forward thinker. I'm not one to dwell on why I haven't emailed people back in the last year. I'm definitely more of like, what's I can't dwell on that because that's a waste of time. What goals can I set to get this done to start being better about emailing them back. And I think we're both obligers 
according to Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies quiz, we're both <laughs> obligers. So if I think of like, and this is something that Raquel wants to do, but she also is feeling overwhelmed with all the stuff going on in her life. And so if I can do one thing and start to go through this email list and pare the list down a little bit, then it, it might make Raquel a little bit happier and feel a little less guilty. So I can do it for you. I cannot do this just by myself. I can't yeah. do anything by myself. I. The thing is, is if the only time in my life I was in exceptionally good physical shape was when you and I were running every day together. If that taught me anything, it's that I'm completely fine with disappointing myself. I let myself down every day. Every single day. <laughs> uh, there is always something that I do that makes me disappointed. But oh, no. if I know I'm disappointing you, then uh, I am almost 100% more likely to just do the thing so that you would never be disappointed in me. <laughs> I think I'm similar, but I'm more of an optimist. So instead of thinking about how I could be disappointing you or how you could be disappointing me, I think about how I could make you feel excited about something or make you proud of me. Oh, is that creepy <laughs> and weird? I just no. want you to be proud of me. I want you to be proud of me too, pretty much all the time. I just, all I want is the people I love to be proud of me. <laughs> oh, and I am, I am proud of you. I hope you know that. I'm very proud Thanks. of all the things you've accomplished in your life. I'm proud of you too. You're doing some pretty dope shit. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I don't feel uh, disappointed with, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like I've let myself down in this one area, but I know my excuses are valid and it makes sense. Any, anyone who heard what my life has been like would give me grace for not sending a few emails, but it's something that I want to do and I hope will make myself proud and will make you proud and will make our listeners a little bit happier. So that's that's my next goal, to be better about responding to emails. And thank you to anyone who's ever emailed us. It means the world to us. I'm sorry if we've let you down. I hope you know it's not about you. It's definitely about us. Yeah. We also read every single one, even if we don't yeah. take the time to <clears throat> to sit down and respond to every single one. And I actually want to shy away from saying we will always answer every email, no matter what, under every condition in the future going forward. I think that's too, that's a, that's a big task. But I think what we will do is if you have questions for us, or if we ha are really excited about what you had to say, or if you, um, you know, just generally, like, if we're able to, to s email you back, geez, my dogs, of course, would choose this moment. But if we're able to, to email you back, then we're absolutely going to. And if we're not, it doesn't mean that we weren't excited or that we, we don't want to talk to you. Um, it either means we'll get to you in a year or, <laughs> or, you know, uh, you know, things just get hectic and, uh, we read it and it made our day better just that you were in it and that you were part of it. Yeah.
But first, wait a year and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens in a year after you write an email. See if you get, like, a really weird cryptic response back and you're like, wow, I really forgot I ever wrote to you, but thank you so much. <laughs> I haven't watched a K-drama in a year, but I guess this is cool. Um, <laughs> wait for that first, and then... Who are you again? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, we're going we're going to try harder. That's all I'm here to say. We're going to try harder. We're going to try and email everyone back all the time. But it might take a year. It might just take a week. Hopefully just closer to a week or a month. Maybe but maybe, maybe 2 months. <laughs> 2 months. Give us 6 months. That's tops. Um all jokes aside, thank you. Thank you for listening to this uh deep dive into our Subconscious, subconscious, subconsciouses. Yeah, I talked over you and made your words change. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I didn't know what I was supposed to say. I don't know if this is our subconscious, if we're just rambling. Is this whole podcast our subconscious? This whole podcast is our subconscious. Welcome to the inside of our brains. We've let ourselves down. We're here to let you down. Okay, I know we need to get started, but can I tell you something really funny about just who me and my boyfriend are as people? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know if that part will get cut that just happened, but essentially my dot. So right now we're in a weird place where we run our swamp cooler like 24-7 and it's made all of our doors expand from the humidity (laughs) and we can't close any of our doors. And my one dog, who is incredibly social, she wants to be near people all the time, especially in my office where there's a guest bed that she can get up and lay on. And she's got this big old schnoz. She's, uh, she is, we think, half bull terrier. So like the target dog, uh, she's got this big old schnoz that she can just bash the the partially closed doors open with because (laughs) they can't latch because we can't close them all the way and so every week at least once a week emily and i start to record the podcast and we are talking about something and usually it gets cut but she fully bullies her way into the (laughs) room gets on the like you can hear the crack as the door like the paint on the door that's sticking together goes and like uh it's it's bananas and it happens every single week no matter what we do and my boyfriend has started doing this thing where he puts a box in front of the door so that the dogs can't get to it and it's a pretty big like kind of thin box it's just like a couple inches wide but it's like really long and tall Oh. And it acts as a baby gate, which is buck wild, absolutely buck wild, because it is a box for a baby gate that we do have. We have a baby gate. Oh, no. <laughs> but the box is just so much easier to set up. Oh, no. You're not setting up your baby gate, you're just using the box. Yeah, we use the baby gate box <laughs> to... <laughs> To block our dogs from getting into rooms. (laughs) At least you're on the same page. You're vibing. (laughs) We're vibing. We're the same person. Hive mind. (laughs) It just made sense to me because he's the one who started. And I said, 
yeah, that makes sense. And then one day I realized that it was the box of the baby gate that we were putting up. Yeah, that would drive me crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, that's... Yeah, we're kind of a nightmare (laughs) here in this household. (laughs) I mean, as long as you're together, as long as you're on the same page. Yeah, most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) One very important area, you are. Yes. (laughs) That's funny. And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it three episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 10 through 12 of Dr. Romantic 1. The Hospital Doctor Playlist. Romantic Dr. Kim Hospital. (laughs) (laughs) We all know what show we're watching. (laughs) We started with the crash cleanup, the six-car pilot, six-pilot car crash. Um, The car pyramid crash. Car pyramid crash scene. It happened in real time. They were doing they were doing real time in that scene. There was no slow-mo for drama. There was no speed up for moving the plot along. We just went with make Emily as uncomfortable as possible for as long as possible by doing the tiniest of crises All over and one- over again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this person needs to breathe, but this person is in better shape. And just needs to be, like, set up. But this person is throwing up. But this person has no legs. So, but it, I feel like it was presented like the doctors are running around. Nobody knows what to do. There's so much chaos. <gasps> oh, and this old man's gonna die over here because he can't breathe and no one's here to help him. And then one second later... Doan Bum shows up and he's like, um, I can I can help him and it's fine. It's all resolved. And Dr. Yoon finds that one man who's on the side of the road and he's you see him whisper after she goes away, he's like, There's one more person. And maybe 30 seconds later, they find the other person. And obviously it's sad and it's horrifying, but in terms of moving along the scene and showing drama points, it's there wasn't much tension in being like, this guy's whispering, there's another guy, you have to find him. That was not at all related to no. the other guy being found. Super irrelevant that he had to say that. If he had said it to her and she, she stood up and started looking for the person, that might have made a little more sense and taken the exact same amount of time. Or, or if we as audience members hadn't known there was another person, but we knew there were two people, so yeah, for him end of to last whisper episode. it to us is like, um, we, we know, bud. Yeah, it's not a big reveal, my guy. Say, like, literally just you rest there, because there's a lot going on for you in, in your yeah. whole 
situation. <laughs> so the big reveal has to be him telling her, but that never happened. He never tells anybody. He just says it. And I guess that was supposed to be our reminder. I don't know. Who's that for? Who was who yeah. that for? It has been a week. I was going to make a joke of, yeah, maybe if we had to wait a whole week. Technically, <laughs> we did. Technically, if you're yeah. me, you waited a whole week to watch the next three episodes. Fair. And dramas air once a week. Usually yeah. two episodes at a time, though. Mm, this was episode 10. So it would have been the top of... Nope, it would not have been the top of the week. So what? I don't know. Either way, I think we all remembered there were two guys. Even though it has been a week. So I don't... Uh, it was just weird. And it was one part of... A mostly weird scene where tension was built and then very, very quickly went away. Like, even the kid with the seatbelt, it was like, oh no, something happened to the kid, she's not waking up. And they're just like, okay, put her in an ambulance and take her to the hospital. And that's, that's it. That's what happened. Bye. <laughs> tension absolved. And then we all show up at the hospital. And I, okay, I did fully an actual eye roll at the point where we found out the inspector's daughter was the little girl who- Oh no! He didn't like the- oh, I'm so into the drama, I'm such a sucker. It is, so it's good drama, it's just that- so there's this theme <laughs> in Dr. Romantic where everyone- constantly has to have some reason for doing their job normally or doing the right thing or making the right call. And I'm, I guess I'm just getting really bummed of it, I guess. Cause it's just wild to me that the only way that these inspectors could look past themselves, or, well, they couldn't look past themselves, right? The only way that Dr. Kim could actually justify working on the patients anyway to save their lives was if the person who was holding him accountable to not practicing medicine until whatever investigation or whatever was finished had some stake in it, right? Some non-professional stake, some personal stake in the matter that would let them look past it. Uh, and, and I mean, the, there was the moment where the investigator said, no, it's the principal. I'm not going to let down my principles. But he did, right? Like, he did. And the only reason Dr. Kim didn't get in trouble for that was because he saved the man's daughter and not... Yeah. And, like, that's just so exhausting to me that it couldn't have been that Dr. Kim, say, helped to save a room full of people, right? And he operated on a different, completely unrelated to this man, just a child that needed the operation to survive. And that that just wouldn't have been enough. It's just, it's a lot. It's just a lot, and it happens very consistently. Like, the other, the clinical psychologist who was like who couldn't like was going to do his job it was implied he was going to do his job but then he like they had to really drive home that dr kim also saved his daughter last mm -hmm. week or something or son i can't remember some kid that he has that he's related to um that i just A child 
Yeah, and it's just not enough that they're all working in the medical field and care about people. Because this whole show is about how you have to just tell people why it's worth it to do the right thing constantly. And it is only that way for them if they have a personal stake in it. I don't know. I I get it. I get what you're saying. But I'm just so fully invested in the stupid drama. I know it's a very convoluted show. And at this point, yeah, there is no reality. There is only you are either on Dr. Kim's side or on Director Doe's side. One of them has morals and a conscience and has taken the doctor's oath and lives and dies by that. And one of them has probably taken the same oath, but is like, I I think I'll pass on a lot of it. (laughs) That was mostly a suggestion, I felt like. So So I'm going to say no for me, but you guys who have taken it will be destroyed. I will destroy you. Because I don't actually get it. I don't actually know. Um, But, you know, (laughs) just because. I might make money off of it, so. Yes. I guess it's all about the money. So I I get it. It is, it's a bit much. They come off a bit strong. And especially in these couple episodes, they're like, we're just, we're done with rules. We're doing the full battle of the conscience. And we've got to, we've got to really ramp up the energy. We've got to ramp up the stakes. Nobody can do their job unless they have picked a team. And we have to throw children under buses to make them switch teams. Yeah. And their children, specifically. The only <laughs> way that they will switch teams is if it's their child under the bus. Uh, not for any child. Not for just, no. like, that child over there. Absolutely not. I, yeah, I think you had a good point. Because I did find his line really powerful. The Inspector Che, I found it really powerful when he did say, principles are principles you're going to have to let my child die. Like, that is a mind-blowing scene right there. But it didn't really amount to anything. Because, yeah, then Dr. Kim is just like, no. Um, And then walks past him. And you're like, okay, so what you said was that you stand by your principles. I guess he kind of had the workaround of saying, I stand by my principles and you can do this surgery, but... The outcome will be that you, I will hunt you down and you will lose your license. You will never be able to practice medicine again or whatever. There will be consequences tomorrow, but you can do your work tonight. But I don't, it's all very, yeah, it's hard. It's convoluted. It's very dramatic because it's all set against the background of literally no other doctors being at this hospital where the chief surgeon is just like, I'm out. I'm out for the night. Uh, I'm frustrated, so I'm going to go sing some karaoke and face out zero consequences for it. No. None. Good night to you all. What? (laughs) It's incredibly frustrating. It's a lot. It's a... It's a lot of a show. (laughs) They do the most. Yeah. I... So I do have... I can see that I can see the notes. I can see that you have the notes to to go about this in some kind of sensible order and they're ready and they're right there in front of you and I want to talk about how 
sick of uh, Dr. Kong I am. Sincerely. Because he finally did the right thing, right? Except he had to be begged over and over again <laughs> by everyone in his life that he respects. I know. And he had to have killed a person. And he had to ha- Like, there were so many times where he could have just simply with zero temptation done the right- I Again, it's that thing. Everyone in this show, except maybe three characters- has to be con- consistently convinced that it's worth it to do the right thing over and mm-hmm. over again, like a broken record. They have to be told, you'll regret it, it's worth it, to have just the bare minimum of human empathy. And once again, the only thing that could actually bring him around was seeing someone face the exact same situation he did by losing a parent to the system. But he had to be the system in that case. And it's just so, okay, there are people (laughs) who were formerly in my life that I know for a fact had a pretty low esteem of me, right? Like, I'm not perfect. I've never done everything perfectly. I do not need to have shared experiences with people to finally understand what human empathy feels like. (laughs) And it would be fine if it was maybe one, maybe two characters. It is Every character in this show, every single character has to have, they have to run headlong into a situation that directly impacts or relates to their own to understand how to be a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll start with Dr. Kong, because I knew this is what we would probably spend the most time talking about. Because it's episode 12, and he's still having the same struggles as he was in episode 1. He's still very much drawn to the power that he could get. If he just bent the rules this one time, he could get huge benefits, or he could be a good person and a good doctor. And I think that's a very tired battle But I did appreciate that the stakes have gotten consistently higher, that I think had he started to change before now in the bubble that is Doldom Hospital, and he had started to be a good person and a good doctor, which I think we've seen a little bit of, it wouldn't have lasted. Whereas I think, I hope, that this was kind of the climax. This was the highest stakes situation that he could have been in, both the situation with the protesting lady and with the runaway soldier. Those two happening at the same time forced him to make a decision, kind of once and for all, highest possible stakes for him. Which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be a good doctor or are you going to be a rich doctor? And I liked that. It's taken so long to get here, so it's frustrating. But I like that it was like, I think this is the change that will last. It's not low stakes anymore. It's not day-to-day little decisions that he thinks he can just skate by on. It is him slapping Director Doe in the face and saying, I'm done. I'm going to be a good doctor, not a freaking dog for you. we're We're over. I guess it's that thing, though, do you remember the last K-drama we were watching, The Sound of Magic, where someone did the absolute bare minimum, and for a, for a moment in time, 
I lauded them, and then you were like, no, that wasn't setting the bar of expectation, that was meeting the absolute lowest you could to still be part of the expectation. Yeah. That's what I feel like he's doing, sincerely. It it really is, he's not doing the most, he is doing the least when the stakes are the absolute highest. And so I agree with you in the like setting of the drama and it it gives us it's that drama fodder and of course we had to wonder is he going to make the right decision cuz if we just knew he was going to make the right decision where would the drama come from and I posit that the drama would still come from the absolute buckwild situation that is someone passing in the same way that his father did, right? Or, like, like just that there's so much drama in the situations that they face every day. And then it kind of skews our perception of, like, what is being... What is doing the bare minimum and what is exceeding the bar of expectation. Where I just... I, like... I'll, I'll repeat it one more time. Sorry. And then I'll be done <laughs> saying it over and over again. You're correct. It's good drama. It is. Like, you're not wrong. It's very good. It's just also wild. It's wild to me. And I can't necessarily respect it when you have to wait for the bar. (laughs) When you have to wait for the stakes to be, like, no turning back now bad. To finally be like, oh, you. I actually realized it wouldn't be so bad to be a good person. Like, I I actually realized it would just be worth it just generally to be a good person. But every single person in my life, including my own mother, had to see me at my worst first. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what to say, because, yeah, you're right. You're completely (laughs) right. But I'm so in in it. I'm so (laughs) in the drama that I'm not mad. I'm not mad at what's happening. I just... But I get it. I get it. He's setting the bar very, very low. He's no better than the drunk driver, who had to be shown the actual physical repercussions of his actions in the ICU before he was like, oh, I am a little sorry. I guess I'll go tell people that. (laughs) We should... Do you want to spin off to that storyline? Because I don't really know what else to say about Dr. Kong, except... I'm hoping that moving forward, he's not the main source of drama anymore, and that that inner conflict is mostly over now. Yeah, fingers crossed that he can be a consistently good person, and they don't just recycle that same storyline of, oh, he's still deciding. (laughs) Yeah, we're done with that. Okay, we're moving... Dr. Kong, you're done. You're being a good person now. You've decided that you signed the contract. Please (laughs) see the terms and conditions below. Um, that other guy, I felt like that was an interesting storyline in that I, there was a part of me that wanted to get deeper into the drama that wanted Dr. Yoon to be like, oh, really? Well, my uncle is a judge in a very high court and he will see to it that you never see the light of day again. But like, obviously not. She's pretty... She's pretty low on the totem pole of society, so it made sense that that's not what happened. I kind of liked that it was just Dr. Kim coming in and being like, we are very low on the totem pole of society. If you would like to come down to our level, we welcome you. We will rip you to shreds, but we welcome you. Like, that's funny. That's objectively good. Yeah. 
it's all they have is nothing. Um, but it did feel a little bit, maybe just in, in 2022, it felt a little bit not okay to inflict trauma on anyone. Even a person, a scum of the earth, garbage, worst person who decided to drink and drive. To drink anything and drive. I have a pretty hard stance. It's, I guess, easier for me to have a hard stance when I don't drink at all, ever. But I grew up with parents who had a hard stance of like, I had a beer, so I cannot drive. I am impaired. I will not take my child anywhere. I will not get on the road. So now I have this standard for myself of like zero alcohol, zero driving. Um, so it's, yeah, he's like scum of the earth. He's the worst person. And I think we can all agree that a, a person like that deserves consequences for his actions. It would have been nicer if he'd just freaking gotten hurt in the accident. But I think to make him, like, go see the patients and not say, I need you to reflect on your actions. This is this is what happens when you drink and drive. But just say, like, you caused this. You are the reason that these people's lives were destroyed forever. It's like, okay, ma'am, can you step, can we get a psychologist in the room to talk through this first? It's a little bit like being God, like playing God, right? Where you are trying to decide how sorry someone gets to be. That dude should be extremely sorry, but he's not. And it's okay to show him, you know, your actions have consequences. It's not okay to, yeah, maybe stand there and kind of berate him into feeling sorry, where it's like, sometimes you just gotta show and not tell. And if showing doesn't work, probably the person was never going to be sorry in the first place. Yeah, but I think it was a more appropriate place for a third party to come in and have to walk this man through his his DUI that caused a six-car pileup. Like, that's a big deal, and someone needs to be involved. It didn't need to be Dr. Yoon being like, go look at these men and their legs and their families who have been torn apart, like... That's a lot, especially the day after your accident. It felt a little bit like inflicting trauma, and that's not okay either. Yeah. I So, big nerd alert. Uh, I've been re-listening to the <laughs> Hobbit and Lord of the Rings audiobooks because I found out that the most recent readings and narration are by Andy Serkis, who voices Gollum in... The series he plays in voices Gollum. Uh, he's CGI'd in there, obviously. But <laughs> and for those that don't know, God, it's been twenty years. Raquel, chill. <laughs> People know. Um, anyway, uh, it's really good. But there is a part that was one of my favorite parts in in the extended edition of the movies. I I think it's only in the extended edition, but it is also like line for line written in the books. And it's a part where Frodo says that he wishes that um, Gollum had been killed. And Gandalf essentially says, and there's, uh, like, he deser- you're right, he deserves to be dead. And there's a lot of people who died who deserve to be alive. Uh, can you make that happen? No? Then probably don't 
pass judgment on whether or not someone should be dead. And it's, like, really cool. I obviously delivered the line poorly. But this is, like, that version of, or, like, this is, like, the light version of that, right? Where she says, you should be sorry. You deserve this. And it's, like, yeah, but there's a lot of people who feel bad all of the time that maybe did the right thing or couldn't do something in a situation that they wished every day that they could or whatever, right? So who are you to try to make someone feel a certain way about a thing they did that in in the end you can't you can't just wave a magic wand and make people have empathy. This is me swallowing my own jagged little pill, I guess, where I just <laughs> But I'm not out here. I'm just complaining that he had to be proven, or it had to be proven to to everyone. To everyone has to have it proven to them that it that they have to be a good person in this show, and that's wild to me. And I just don't feel like that's how it should be, right? I think that mm-hmm. we're not giving people enough credit, including this guy, but also like there are people that wouldn't be sorry, and maybe he's one of them, and maybe that's not her battle to fight. Maybe she doesn't get to decide whether or not he's sorry. Yeah, it kind of seems like at the at the very start, it's the legal system's job. So yeah, it was just an off scene to me. I like that at the end, Dr. Kim says to her, he's still your patient. Even if all these other people are your patients because of him, he's also your patient. And yeah, I guess that hits home your point of, well, everyone has to be constantly reminded of what being a doctor means. But I don't know, I like it because doctors <laughs> are humans was- too. That one was pretty good. That I liked that lesson that she had to learn because I felt like that was a more realistic lesson where she just wanted him to care so badly that she did things that weren't helpful to the situation. And that felt like a more realistic moment of maybe a senior doctor coming in and being like, at the end of the day, you can't control how he feels. The only thing you can control is your actions, and you need to remember that your actions need to be in the interest of the patient, including the ones you don't like. Oof, what a good storyline. Yeah, that one was... I did really like that one. I liked that particular wisdom nugget that yeah. Dr. Kim imparted. Uh, um, so, okay, looking at through my notes, Wu Yonhua was our homeless woman turned maybe doctor turned disappearing woman and she did not come back i don't know where she went i forgot she left she dips i assume she'll be back eventually i couldn't say i'm almost Uh, positive because i know more about her than what the series has revealed so far but i'm amazed that it she hasn't come back in these episodes Yeah, she just bounced. It looked like she had decided on something after her... Well, it looked like she had decided on something after her momentary conversation of the meaning and whatever behind being a doctor with Dr. Kong. And then it looked like she decided something again, maybe, when he put his hand on Dr. Yoon's shoulder to comfort her after the woman died. And that's when she bounced. She was like, I'm out. Uh, and now I can't figure out if she dis- she was always deciding to leave or if she got weird, hurt feelings over just, like, the person she had a crush on comforting someone else. 
Oh, I think she just left because she did a weird thing and got in trouble and felt kind of embarrassed about it and was like, I kind of lost my spot. Yeah. I just couldn't, yeah, I couldn't tell if she had already decided to leave because of that or if she was going to stay and then she was like, oh, I actually think I'll go because the, like, reason I kind of wanted to stay also is gone, so I'm gonna Mm. bounce. And it's like, wow, you inferred a lot over him comforting her over the loss of one of her patients. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get that impression. I read it just as she was already on her way out and watched this one last moment of being a doctor and what that means and this moment of comfort between two doctors. Man, that was a rough scene with the grandma dying. Like, we all knew the second she was like, yeah, I've Of course, I've got some symptoms of a heart attack, but that's just because I was startled. And Dr. Yoon being like, I'm sure that's that sounds reasonable that we were like, she's gonna die. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And they made her unbelievably likable. And they were like, it's our anniversary. And we (laughs) have our beautiful kids who and we told them (laughs) what's going on. And they're on their way or something. I don't know. And just like, they set up such a beautiful relationship with a character who has a heart condition that is quote unquote fine. She's gonna she's, die. She's gonna die. <laughs> I was crying so hard I almost woke the baby up. Like <laughs> I was in pieces over that grandpa being like, We we promised each other we wouldn't do this. <gasps> Don't Don't hurt me like this. I don't understand why you're doing this, Grandpa. But I do. I completely understand. And it's beautiful, and I hate it. I hate I was, this show. I was scared he was going to be mad, which is, like, a weird, <laughs> sad thing. I, I was scared he was going to be like, you should have checked her better or something. I, oh, that's kind of that's what I've come fair. to expect from this show a little bit, yeah, Loki. he's going to sue in the next episode for <laughs> yeah. sure. Put up flyers of Dr. Yoon saying she's a murderer. Because <laughs> this show is wrecked. This show is a joke. Yeah. Um, don't, please don't do that. Let it go. We, If we can resolve one storyline, it's that one. That's the only one. That's everything that happens. Beginning to end, we're done. Yeah. Every that- other storyline is loose ends all over the place. Yeah, they do leave a lot of loose ends, which I think I would forgive also. I'd be like, that's realistic. Probably a lot of doctors don't get updates on their patients once they go to other hospitals or like they stop being involved in their lives and that's okay because there are new patients that they'll, they'll be helping or whatever, right? It does, it is weird watching it as a K drama where so, I don't know. It's just, there's so much devoted to such buckwild moments and storylines that every once in a while I'm like, okay, so you're gonna do, you're gonna go ahead and do this, but you couldn't tell us what happened to the chef that got lit on fire in episode three or whatever. Nope. No. Yeah, I know it's really dark to say, but in that vein, I was kind of glad that the soldier, the runaway soldier, ended up dying. Oh, I'm sorry for that. Um, but Damn, Em. I know. <laughs> I'm going straight to hell for that. But I appreciated that that storyline had a finale. That we're done. It felt like a pretty solid close where 
Dr. Kong was like, I can testify in court if you ever need me. And we don't need to see that in the drama, but we know it's a possibility that's out there. That's something that's going on that we can be comfortable with as a finale for a storyline. I feel like if that guy had lived and we just had to wonder what was going to happen with the next steps in his life, they would have just sent him off screen and we would have never heard from him again. And I would have been mad. This is better. This is better for me. I'm sorry, boy. Yeah, this is pretty good. This is a more, this is, that. that's good storytelling, even if it's a sad story. Yeah. It felt like there was a tied end. What's the opposite of a loose end? Uh, I think it's a tied end. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. I said it in my voice and I hated it. <laughs> I think Is that's that a position in football. It's not inappropriate, yeah. you guys. Come on, <laughs> listeners, be an adult. <laughs> um, we didn't. We know football, and that's what we were referencing. So be mature. <laughs> so. Why Why were the military cops basically straight out of The Godfather? Like, what, <laughs> what was Spe- happening? They, yeah, they definitely decided we didn't follow up these non-mafia mafia members, enough, or this one non-mafia mafia member enough, gang member enough. So let's do it again, but this time bad bad guys that are in the military. This is the military, but also it's a gang unit, so. So, these are plainclothed officers. And uh, as you can tell, they're doing a great job of blending into the public. They're very normal looking, not intimidating, just chill dudes. and regular. Regular. Regular guys just crawling around the hospital, checking on patients, not disturbing anybody. Who tries to also read the rights before arresting a person who's unconscious? Can we talk? That's wild. I know they called it out, so I was proud of them for that. That Dr. Kong was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) This man is unconscious. You're dumb as hell for that. (laughs) Um, my guy. Yeah, I don't, I get being like he's military personnel so he has to be treated in a military hospital it's just another one of those scenes where they resort to yelling at each other and having a puffed chest standoff instead of having a reasonable conversation i don't understand why dr kim was like i'm the one in charge here um i'm going to take you over to this side room and discuss with you the the rules that I'm familiar with, the laws surrounding this situation, while everybody else goes and does the surgery. If you keep stopping this surgery, we will have a problem, but I can explain to you what's going on and why this is the protocol in in another in another room, in another situation. Okay, please step aside. Nope. Um, no, it's just right two in the middle. grown dudes. Yeah, in the front of the op- operating room. Moments from cutting a man open, beating their chests, beating their chests. Going, no, you're not taking him. I'm taking him. No, he's gonna die. So I'm taking him. He's gonna be operated on. 
I, I genuinely don't care if he dies. I'm taking him to a different hospital. Like, <laughs> have has there never been a situation like this? Do none of you know the rules? Why is why is there even an argument right now? I don't what? understand. Is there? There's got to be actual laws that that dictate what should be done, though, right? Like actual correct laws, and I think. Those laws probably are in the interest of the patient, so if they're about to go into the operating room, I guess, like, I hesitate to say it, but I guess I'm team, uh, Doldum Hospital, but... (laughs) And it sounds like that's what they landed on. It sounds like Dr. Kim at the end was like, literally, we have to operate on someone who's dying, regardless of where they come from or where they're going afterwards. They cannot escape our operating room if they're under anesthesia and their guts are on the table. So, um, I don't care if you're real police or military police or you're the FBI. I don't, it does not matter. I don't care if you're impersonating a police officer and I don't care if you are God himself. I'm going to go ahead and operate (laughs) on this patient. Move. (laughs) <laughs> that the law says I'm allowed to, so I'm gonna physically move you aside. What? How does the military officer not know this? Do you not know the law? What? Do, what are you gonna do? Beat Doctor Kim up? Do it too soon. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some situations. I understand that Doctor Kim is kind of running this place, but there are some situations where I kind of want Director Yun to get involved as well. I want that would him be to, good. I want Papa to come all the way down that staircase and be like, Hello, you asked for God himself? Here I be. It me. I'm God. It me. I feel like he's <laughs> got that presence, that very calm and kind of smirky demeanor where he's like, everything's always going to go my way. But he doesn't do anything and I want him to get involved more. Yeah, it is, it's, I wouldn't even call it frustrating. I guess it's just maybe a little bit off that they decided to give that role to Dr. Kim, but they wanted him to be a doctor still, so they just let Director Yo just kind of defer to whatever Dr. Kim is up to, and that's kind of how they play it, where he is like, yes, I'm God, but this is my son. (laughs) (laughs) And my son says, do it. So I say, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, he's in every meeting. He he's always around. But I want him to get involved when all these doctors show up at his hospital and start having a standoff in the lobby. And I want him to get involved when there's police presence in every other episode, I want him to say, yeah. hey, what's going on? What can I do? And also, what are the protocols in this situation? He's he's just kind of a doormat sometimes. And that's his only role. And I hate it because I feel like he's actually a brick wall. He is an impassable force for this hospital. Make that more apparent. Give this man more. Yeah. Let, let him be... I, uh, more of a character, yeah. I'd like to see more from him. I'd like him to see him get involved in the same types of games that director Doe 
gets involved in, but instead for the right reasons, right? Where he he also leverages power and politics or whatever, but he also is like, my power comes from being correct by the law. And yeah. that's just how it is. I just, I would love to see it. Yeah, just this very peaceful force of good in the world who's like, I don't really play the politics game because I don't really have to. My hospital's so small, people just ignore us, and that's kind of the vibe. But when I do, I'm very clever and well-connected, and I get by, similar to Dr. Kim, like, all of the connections he does have, like you said, with Inspector Choi and with the neuropsychologist, are based on him doing top-of-the-line great work for people. And I want... Is it Yo? I said Yon earlier. How embarrassing. You might be... Uh, to be honest, don't be embarrassed yet, because I don't know <laughs> shit about shit, ever. So, okay, cool. Not me looking it up in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. Uh, I did start off by typing hospital playlist, so... <laughs> we're exactly where we started at the beginning of the episode. Um... It's yo. Okay. Nice. You nailed it. For once in my life. <laughs> I want director yo to be this, yeah, this power player who uses his skills at knowing to the letter what the laws are surrounding a hospital and just being like, I run my hospital exactly by the law. We do everything above board. And I guess like that's in contrast to everything that they did in the first six episodes where people were being operated on in the middle of the emergency room. But I want him to be able to go to bat for this hospital and win, and I don't think that's too much to ask. Mm -mm. But it is, because then he'd be taking one of the god roles away from Dr. Kim, so. Stupid! Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the conversations that director Yo and director Do have are so interesting, and I just want them to be that that much spicier. It kind of just feels like director Do going, I like you as a person, so I don't want to do this, but I'm going to be mean to you. And director Yo going, ah, shucks. Okay, well, we'll do what we can. <laughs> 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 what are you doing? What You're you a director. Doing? Be stronger. Be better. Jeez mm. Louise. It feels like the fight between... Okay, let's bring it back. Let's see if I can keep up with Raquel. It feels like the fight between Gandalf and Sauron. Is Sauron the other one? Saruman? Saruman. Yeah. I don't know why they named them the same thing. Those are the yeah, same thing. I agree, okay. actually. I'm a big <laughs> Lord of the Rings nerd, and I've always thought, huh, weird how they have the same name, but no one saw Saruman being an evil dude coming. <laughs> For real, it's just one extra letter. Um, <laughs> okay, Saruman is Director Doe, obviously, but I feel like Director Yo has Gandalf vibes if Gandalf just decided, oh god, did I mess up? No, you did it right. I just thought about how they also both... I have the same name, but just one letter different. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> if Gandalf lived in, like, the Hobbit village forever, if he was just like, I'm actually just going to vibe out here and kind of do my own thing and not <laughs> deal with the bigger pressures of the outer world. 
and not help anyone and not do anything and just let problems get bigger. I could deal with them, but I am going to pass. It's like, <laughs> no, go be Gandalf. Go be cool. That's what we need I, you. You made a face while I was talking, and I 100% was like, I said Dumbledore, didn't I? I'm so <laughs> stupid. I had to say Gandalf, and I said Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm a double doofus for that. Oh, I'm glad I didn't. I nailed that. I nailed that analogy, and I'm proud of myself. You did it. I, I thought it was perfect. Um, should we start a Lord of the Rings fan cast, or... I guess Probably it's not. gonna be really rough. It's just me, like, telling you. I'm just like that one meme of the guy, like, pointing to the board. <laughs> like, the, like, crazy person murder board. And being like, Lord of the Rings. I just need more pictures than a podcast has to offer. It'll have to be a YouTube channel where you can be like, here's Sauron. He's <laughs> a mountain? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. As characterized in the movie, a mountain with an eye on top of it. Okay, I nailed it. I'm nailing this. And Saruman like a man-made is mountain a, is a human man. Yeah, a wizard, wizard man. I don't know if they're uh, humans. Not really. They're not humans, but they're like demigods, right? Yeah, I read the Silmarillion. I didn't. I didn't. I've never <laughs> read it. But what if I had? Would you be so impressed? I would be deeply. I would. For a second, it wasn't even that I, like, necessarily believed you had, but the fact that you said it and you knew that it was, you said it pretty darn close to the real thing. Oh, no. What is it called? Uh, did you say the, sorry, it's, it's the Silmarillion? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. I think you I was said laughing it right. too hard. Yeah. Maybe so it, it, it sounded like Salmon Run. I, but. it sounded like you said Silmarillion, and I was like, yeah, mm. <laughs> pretty much. I know in my head that it's an I. I was going to say I know how it's spelled, but then I figured you'd ask me to spell it, and I was like, okay, I don't know how it's spelled. But can I know it's that? S-I-L. And then could you also define Silmarillion for me? <laughs> I just become the absolute worst. Um, actually. <laughs> um, Emily, since you know so much about Lord of the Rings <laughs> that you wanted to talk about it, like, this is our new podcast where you're just mean to me about Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> it's um, a completely different vibe. It's, the vibe is off, and <laughs> nobody likes that show. No one listens. It's really weird. <laughs> Emily cries a lot. <laughs> Markel just shouts, stop crying. <laughs> um... This is it. This is all I had on this show. Yeah, we've gone off the rails, so I, and it's all I had, so we can probably wrap it up. If you're interested in either Lord of the Rings or K-dramas, go ahead and email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes, as well as sign up for our newsletter, which might someday come back, and links to all our affiliates, NordVPN, Skillshare, and... Blueberry. <laughs> All on our website, playonk.com. Yeah, and then uh, there is a super free way to help us. The absolute freest. 100% free, except if you consider time money. But even then, it only takes like 30 seconds to rate, review, or subscribe, or some combination of those things on whatever 
platform you listen to us, uh, it is it it's very good. It's the best way to support us. And, and when I say that, I do mean five star ratings. Because if you gave us a one star rating, that would be not supportive. I'm so sorry. I made it weird immediately. Do give us the rating you feel in your heart, but it, just to be clear, it doesn't help us if you give us a bad one. <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. Um, If you did want to give us a one-star rating, but now you're out of ideas on how to help us, you can donate money to us at patreon.com slash playonk, where you can just leave a little tip that maybe maybe your $1 or $5 a month is accompanied by a please get better, a one-star review that you didn't leave us, but you want us to improve. That's a great way to do it. That... We'll actually direct you right there. Patreon. <laughs> we can improve for, f- if you give us money. Thank you. Yes. Um, I think that's just about everything. Uh, we are going to be back next week with the next three episodes of Dr. Romantic 1. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye.